there where? Oh, oh, okay. Around the back. The back that way? Oh man, this is a this is a strange place. Oh, okay, thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, rebel scum and loyal to the Empire, this is Sith Talk. I am your host, Zach Chrisman, the Lord of Lore, and today we have Brandon on, filling in for Sam, and we have an action-packed episode of basically a lot of news and exciting stuff, and just kind of seeing where the state of Star Wars is. Brandon, how are you doing? I am good, man. I am uh, excited. We're, We're at this point where we're starting to like see the wave start to form for all this new star wars stuff that's coming out which is pretty exciting um it's a little ad batch is a little bit of a weird uh, situation in that like it feels like just watching the clone wars again so it almost doesn't feel like something new is coming out in a weird way and we're looking forward to all this even though bad batch is is really good um we've got so much new stuff coming out that like we haven't seen anything like it before so we're going to get into some of that but yeah i am i'm excited to be star warsing with you my friend yeah and i'm now realizing that i have been so busy in my life that uh the rising storm has been out and i can totally get it on audible and start listening it's dude like kevin scott is going hard in that book it is yeah it's i'm really enjoying it it's one of those books where, like, I don't want to say the plot is obvious. It, he's not hiding the plot underneath stuff, you know, in terms of, like, your main plot. But the dynamics between the characters. And the thing I love, and I know you like this about High Republic too, is everything is, like, challenging the way that we look at the Jedi and the way that the Force is interpreted. Not in a, like, things that we knew before were a lie kind of way, but these points of view that fans have been talking about forever are now being manifested in these individual types of Jedi and, and philosophies and these individual authors. Like, I was talking uh, on the last episode of Clashing Savers about how uh, Race to Crash Point Tower, like, Daniel Jose Older crushed that. And, like, the way that he talks about looking at the Force in there, I was like, finally, somebody's talking about it, like, in terms of, like, balance, like, talking about it in a way that I'd been trying to put into words for years, and it's like he just put it there on the page. So, like, lore-wise, like, this is peak. Yeah, I saw somebody on a Facebook group ask if, like, High Republic was basically, like, a New Jedi Order situation, and while I haven't read New Jedi Order, I was like, it's yes, but no, because, like, it's actually getting into, it's not so much about the the story as it is about the philosophy and the psychology of the Jedi and stuff like that, and getting to look at it through all these lenses is really cool to me. And I keep getting surprised by how much different it is than the Old Republic, and how much I like that it's way different than the Old Republic, especially since, you know, not not a lot of news has really come out about this new room. It's not rumored, it's official. Old Republic remake, or, or remaster, whatever they're going with. Um... 
we don't really need the old republic right now because we're going to be getting it and i like that it stands on its own two feet and it it's a world that i never would have guessed but it's a world that i really really like um and i you know full disclosure uh to anybody listening that has listened to or you know caught up with the last episode i've been busy people like the fact that I did not check out the Rising Storm yet is a testament to how busy I've been. So this book, I'll, I'll definitely have it done actually probably in a couple days after recording this because I tend to burn through stuff when it's on my radar. But even the High Republic comic book, I haven't been reading comics. I've been so off. So it's going to be, I think this week I'm going to go crazy in High Republic and kind of just get caught up and binge everything because that's kind of what i've been waiting for with star wars um well and so like sorry. one thing that's no, no 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 one thing that like is nice for a situation like that where you're like not caught up on stuff or you're having to you know consume a lot of content at one time is the way that they're releasing it like they're releasing a uh, adult novel young adult novel and a junior novel all at the same time and they're all centered around the same basic event. So you had the great disaster uh, in the second phase, you have the Republic Fair. So you have the same settings, more or less. You have uh, crossover characters and stuff where uh, you get a lot more depth the deeper you get into it. So if you're somebody who like sleeps on the younger novels or just catches up on uh, you know, what happens in stories off of podcasts and stuff, you know, I would really encourage you if you haven't ventured into these books, like, I think every level of Star Wars fan, uh, you know, is going to find something out of this. This is going to get something that will add to their understanding of the Force in the way, even the way the Force is seen by people. You know, <laughs> I was watching A New Hope the other day, and I was watching the scene uh, where Luke is practicing with the lightsaber, and Han goes to put the, or uh, excuse me, Obi-Wan goes to put the blast shield on. And right as Luke hits, you know, he blocks the two. You, if you look in the background, Han's eyes kind of open up a little bit like, oh, snap, this force thing might be real. So even like people who we assume are not touched by the force, like are impacted by it in the galaxy. So I think the more you know about it, the deeper your understanding and appreciation comes uh, for especially like how much is lost by the time we get to the original trilogy, like how much knowledge and the fact that the Jedi are just walking around a part of everyday life. Everybody knows who they are. And then 235, 40 years later, they're unmentioned, you know, they're despised. It's just, it's wild to think about. And it adds a lot of context to the overarching story of Star Wars. Yeah. And I mean, I, I would add to with, books i was a massive star wars fan kept up on all the movie news um you know always read fan theories especially like when disney bought uh lucasfilm but i drew the line at the books for like the first two years just because i didn't have time to read them reading tends to make me tired uh, i like to read in bed didn't really have access to a uh, kindle yet and stuff like that and so I finally checked out Audible and I did that. And the Audible Star Wars is the best uh, Audible around. I mean, you, you, you quite literally can't 
replace how good those books are. I think the only thing that could ever top it was the Sandman audio Audible original, but that's because they literally hired a whole cast to read that book, like high caliber cast. The Star Wars, you know, when you're listening and there's laser fire in the book, there's laser fire going on in the Audible. And so if you can listen to this podcast, you can probably listen to these books. And or definitely... you can go to the, you know, go on uh, your public library. It probably has an app that you can get audiobooks for free. Yeah. You know, or that, you know, um, but it's, it's a good journey that I like going on because I tend to, I listen to things better than I read them. Um, it's just the way my brain works. I'm what? better at hearing. And I think we, we kind of, you know, fall into ruts with Star Wars of like, we like this thing, we like that thing, so that's what we're going to stick with. And like, I talked about it before, how I was so against Star Wars getting into animation. And now, like, literally, I watch Clone Wars and Rebels pretty much every day. I'm surrounded by Funko Pops that are literally all Star, like, all animated Star Wars. Uh, you know, like, it's... It opened me up to new things, and even with like authors, like Alexander Freed's Battlefront uh, book is my least favorite Star Wars book, next to like Death Star and Rogue Planet, but least favorite canon really? Star Wars book, yeah. And that was the first book I read by him. But Rogue One, to me, is the best novelization uh, of any of the Star Wars, except Catalyst for Re Revenge or Rogue of the One. Sith. Re the Rogue One novelization, I would say it and Revenge of the Sith are on the same level for me for those of you who have read revenge of the sith and know how epic that is and you know of course he wrote the alphabet squadron trilogy which is really great and i had been saying you know because i had those experiences of, of not liking okay. something no no it's okay but also i didn't give up on those creators and i had said you know for a long time daniel jose older is an amazing author but his stories hadn't clicked for me yet and i'm just waiting because i know it's going to happen because i know they know what they're doing over there and sure enough crash point tower i was like i'm sitting there reading it and i'm like this is it this is the moment that i've been waiting for because you know i opened myself to those possibilities of new kinds of star wars new interpretations and new uh you know formats so like i think in this day and age it's really easy when we can uh you know kind of make an echo chamber for ourselves online to just stick with the things that we know and there's a time and a place for that for sure but definitely if you're not into these yet or if you've been waiting or you're struggling in one format try it in another because these are definitely worth your time and the story is getting better and better as they go so along. you do like race crash point Tower. i love it both okay because both of sorry. the junior novels no both of the junior novels have been i like i like test of courage possibly even better than light of the jedi as an overall book and crash point tower it, it's going up against Rising Storm, which is kind of really flipping good. I guess I can say really? fucking... Yeah, You're can, hyping me up so hard, dude. Yeah. This is um, talk. You can say fuck. There I know. No I, know. I, I, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, I was so excited for Crash Point Tower. I read it before Rising Storm came out because I just I had a feeling like I'd been waiting and waiting, and I finally felt like this is one where Daniel Jose Older is going to get to work with newly created characters in a new space and, and he's going to be able to do his thing you know he's not dealing with Han and Lando where you have limitations and he's not you know he's getting to be DJO and do his thing and yeah, I mean he sure shit did man and absolutely crush it and I hope eventually I get to talk to him about it because like that's what we're about here is like 
let's try these different things and look at these different interpretations of Star Wars and some of them will click and some of them won't and, and that's okay. I gotta say, uh, that that's literally what I was gonna say, well, we need to talk to him, but Test of Courage, um, it, it, it was a good book. It's just my taste is a little bit, it can be, I don't know. There, there were some good hints at like the lore and the overarching world and and stuff like that. It just it it's not because it wasn't a great book. It just was a little too underaged for me. Yeah. But even then, I'm looking at you know the list. The test of courage is eight to twelve. Um, twelve to eighteen is into the dark. But I'm like almost thirty, so that's inaccurate. Um, and then they keep going up these kids books. So like race to crash point tower is 12 to 18 and out of the shadows is 12 to 18 so that's you know it's cool uh to me the high republic or the light of the jedi is still one of my i think it's my favorite book of the high republic and it's a little bit more dense but i like dense stuff that's why i like Zack snyder's dc films it's you know everybody's like oh you just like action and killing and it's like no i i just my favorite stuff is more dense material. Yeah, and it's heavier I, stuff. Yeah, I like really, really dense stuff. I mean, I, I can get along on board with anything. I mean, how, Claudia Gray is more emotion than, you know, super laid out, thick plot. It's more character driven, and I she's still my favorite. But man, you're hyping it up for me. I'm pretty Dude, excited on that one. I'm sitting here looking at them now, and I just realized like they all have the gold uh, spines on them, or mm-hmm. gold or light tan. And I'm thinking like I'm looking at some of my other books in the uh, young or junior readers that came out, uh, like the Rise of or not the Rise of the Journey Two series. They were all black until the the last one, the Spark of Resistance, was red, and it just like looks kind of out of place and i'm wondering if they're going to change the spine all of the phase one will be this gold because it's you know the the ride the the golden era of the jedi and then you know if they're going to change the spines and make them darker uh as we go along because it looks like at least for now uh they have a reputation of like randomly changing how they uh put things but uh looks like right now they're trying to keep it all really uniform where you can put it on a shelf and really have uh, a feeling of this is one story instead of a bunch of different stories that build into one story. But it's also I mean? a genius marketing ploy because Star Wars used to do this thing back in the day with now Legends books, but when I was growing up, they were the canon books and they would have Star Wars blah 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 or Star Wars the New Jedi Order and or Star Wars the Swarm Wars and you never really knew what you what was part of what series and what was part of this you know the emblems are becoming iconic to where even if you're a general star wars fan that's kind of aware of this and knows you know that that gold plating is high republic yeah and you it's very easy to see it's super um accessible to understand and that's pretty phenomenal i'm i i i love the branding of these high republic books and that's why I bought Light of the Jedi hardcover, you know, even though I had listened to it on Audible, because it's it's just such a beautiful book. Like, you buy these books, and they are gorgeous looking. Like, that front cover of Light of the Jedi. I mean, I, I ain't as big on Avar Chris as Drew is, but, I mean, Avar Chris is seemingly becoming 
Dude, that that uh cover of Light of the Jedi is my phone wallpaper. Like, yeah, it's just sick. It's, it's everything so that I beautiful. wanted the Jedi to to look as far as like a stance or a, you know, just aesthetically, it doesn't matter. But the look of the Jedi, they look like the light that they need to be for the galaxy, and it's just a it's a perfect look for starting a new brand. And if you like Light of the Jedi. And you think it's really pretty, stay tuned to Clashing Sabers because you may be able to win some, 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 some down the road, 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 road. Just <laughs> putting that out there. So, moving away from, actually not really, <clears throat> moving away from the High Republic and moving into some stuff. Star Wars has definitely got a lot of things going on right now. It's seeming that we're not going to get... Uh, Mandalorian till next year. Book of Boba Fett has uh, got a bunch of announcements. We got Star Wars Visions. I believe if oh, if Kenobi is not done shooting, it's like almost done shooting. We are getting a lot more news about um, Patty Jenkins's film. What is intriguing? Well, then we got the the Mandalorian making of season finale or season Dude, two finale, yes. uh, Luke, which is like I think that's probably one of my top prior. I hope they get into like the storyboard and how they came up with the idea of that because that's super intriguing. Just to think, what kind of campfire conversation was happening to make that happen in the story? Well, and I mean, everybody knows that you know that version of Luke is my favorite version of Luke, and to what i what i'm really hoping we get is a another feloni speech like that one that we got about duel of the fates and how it's you know a battle for anakin's very soul and that great like it's like nine minutes long of him just waxing eloquent on it i want to hear you know what the perceptions of luke are and their interpretations of luke are even more than you know so much the the model of it and the cgi and stuff like we've seen that before you know um i'll be interested if they get into like which parts were actually mark hamill physically and which parts weren't you know a stunt double or whatever it may be and stuff like that but i'm hoping we get another i, I got a feeling you know we got an hour to fill talking about luke skywalker so you got to get into like some jedi shit you know what i mean absolutely um you know i hearing that the mandalorian's not coming out till next year i was a little i felt a little underwhelmed by book of boba fett just to be quite honest like when i knew i wasn't getting mandalorian i was like man book of boba fett over mandalorian i'll take the mandalorian but then when i when I see what's going on with the book of Boba Fett and I'm even seeing like directors being cast and stuff like, you know, Favreau's going to direct, Filoni's going to direct, Bryce Dallas Howard's going to direct again. It gets me super excited. Even just like a still picture of the book of Boba Fett. They're doing a lot with the Mandalorians and they're doing a lot with Boba Fett, whether or not, you know, you're going to count bad batch as a little bit of his story, or at least part of that whole dichotomy um you're doing a lot with that well yeah and they've they said that uh i think 
Richard Ramirez said it, but I it could have been Favreau for Loney or somebody. But um, that Book of Boba Fett is like season two and a half of of Mandalorian, right? And you've got you're bringing back these same directors that have done the Mandalorian. So I think they're kind of developing in the same way that like you know Kevin Scott, Claudia Gray, Dean Jose Older, Justina Ireland are the the core group. Charles Soule, of course, are you know the, these five people that are putting together the High Republic. I think they're kind of developing this core of this is going to be our TV verse, uh, you know, team of directors. And when Taika Waititi goes and knocks his movie out of the park, you know, I think then it's not too long until we get Solo 2 by Bryce Dallas Howard and stuff like that. Like, um, I think they are they're developing this cast of of characters if you will who are going to be the core of creating star wars and there are enough different points of view where you're going to get different versions of star wars right like bryce dallas howard hers hers are always softer episodes you know more emotionally packed episodes uh whereas you know richard ramirez has you know boba fett crushing everybody a lot of action and stuff like that so you get these different types of stories you know of course feloni's always go deep into that lore with it you know uh starting it off and then you know getting information about mandalorians and then of course you know the ahsoka episode and things like that so each of these directors bring something different to the table and i'm getting the feeling since we're getting them back in uh book of boba fett we're getting them back in mandalorian season two we already have one who has a movie in the works like i think they're developing this crew that's going to be the more or less like the the go-to's uh, of, of creating these things. And then we'll have, you know, these great directors like Patty Jenkins come in, do a one-off. Maybe if it hits, they, you know, do do another one or whatever, kind of like we had with uh, Gareth Edwards and, and Ron Howard. Um, but as far as, like, at least the, the TV and the streaming, which we know, you know, they've said Disney Plus is the place to be now uh, for Marvel and for Star Wars. They, they're, they're building a squad, man. They're building a squad that's going to be hard to beat. Yeah, I... As much as I want to see my all Jedi war stuff like that, seeing Rogue Squadron up on the list, you know, with Patty Jenkins and everything, it's exciting though to get these one-offs back. I this the magic of Rogue One was because it was a one-off, and I think when you have a complete story, it makes it very easy to not easy. All movies are the hardest thing to to make but i i just mean like it it makes it easier to get involved with the story and create this plot because you don't have to make this massive um shakespearean plot it just is the plot of the movie and i'm I'm really excited to see what she's gonna do with that but when when we're going into like the show verse and you know book of boba fett and you got the mandalorian and then you got um uh ahsoka coming out and they're all going to be connected i wonder what rangers of the republic um how that's affected their overarching story because he's talked about that they're all going to be their own shows but there's going to be this big team up which i was theorizing was going to be actually going and getting ezra and i think ezra would be with thrawn i think they're still together because they aren't enemies anymore. I think they got shot into space. And once they were away from the Empire Republic situation, they had to work together. I think they're going to be together. And that's what I think the culmination is. If not, then it's definitely the Ahsoka show. Is definitely 
the entire Ezra Thrawn thing. I I think you're right on both counts. I think the Ahsoka show will be the Ezra Thrawn thing. Uh, I think the Mandalorian will be where it all comes together unless they do like a super show uh, separate itself, you know, an Avengers type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll be more of like a Civil War uh, type thing where they all come together under the banner of the Mandalorian. But, you know, they're setting up these ideas even in Bad Batch, you know, like I'm literally, I'm looking at my notes from this last episode and it's comparing and contrasting allies and enemies and who's your allies, who's your enemies, where is that line that takes them from one to another, right? And that's, you know, something that's going to be, it's a question that has to be answered with Thrawn and Ezra is where are those enemies, where are those allies? And and that's something that we've seen with Thrawn in the books is there that's an always shifting uh, dynamic for him and for the Chiss. So I, I think the loss of Rangers of the New Republic, I think, you know, was centered around Cara Dune and we have that situation where that's no longer going to be a part of it. But it was such a show that was kind of like, that's weird. Okay, we're getting that. That I, think... I was cool with it, though. Like, I was, cool I was really it. on board with it, more than I thought I was, until all that drama started taking place and we found out, um, you know, that it would get... that, it, that it's not going to be continued right now. I was, you know, it, it seemed like a very... not supernatural in the sense of uh, the actual you know thematic of the thing but the you know the monster of the week the bad guy of the week the problem of the week that seemed like a lot of fun because while i love the mandalorian and i think it's i prefer overarching stories when you have this these many shows i have this many options i'll take a little uh crime syndicate of the week or empire syndicate or something crazy like that that just the whole idea of it seemed a lot of fun to me more than lando that's for sure oh god we haven't even heard anything about lando um the the thing that intrigued me about it was kind of along the same lines but i was thinking more like this is something that you can continue on for a long time and continue telling stories like like the arrowverse is done you know with the flash and supergirl and and stuff well, whereas, hopefully it doesn't end up like the arrowverse well that's fair um but the, because i was a massive fan too until each of those shows got to season four and then they right, all fell apart right but like mandalorian i feel like ha- it, it has an end point that they're getting to i think that it's gonna end it's gonna be like rebels where we're like we, we want more but it, this is also the perfect ending whereas rangers i think was something that could be kind of serialized right so thinking about that and okay so you know like you said how do you fill that gap how does it affect the story i think the biggest question in terms of how does it affect the story is actually centered around rogue squadron and it's if it happens after six or happens after nine because if it happens after six you could have characters who were going to be in rangers that you introduce in you know uh the the crossover or you introduce in rogue squadron and you have that back and forth between the tv and the movies like that would be a really interesting crossover to have and you could continue to tell the same story in a similar way um just in different different uh mediums and we've had patty jenkins and some other creators say like this is the next era of star wars but we have so little in between six and seven uh, you know, safer like books that it could be there. It could be. I think it's either going to be Rogue Squadrons, either going to be cleaning up the Empire or cleaning up the the First Order Sith fleet. 
um, kind of thing, kind of like we got in early legends, you know, Trucipicura and different things like that, um, where it was centered right around that that ending point. So, I think that there's a chance that we get this, especially if Rogue Squadron is one where they're like, let's see how this hits, and maybe it becomes a series, you know, an X-wing series. Um, they could cross over in that way. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. I, I'm. There's definitely going to be a huge, you know, culmination with all that because it's it's all being run by Dave Filoni and John Favreau, and they're doing a phenomenal job. Um, out of all of these shows, which one? Okay, no, that's not fair because there's so many to pick. Well, here's the thing: like, I'm always going to be Ahsoka. Like, that's not right. that's not fair. But if you're at, if you, I, I mean, I know you were going to ask like, which of these shows are you most excited for? It's definitely going to be Ahsoka. But overall, what am I most excited for? We got to talk about Visions, dude. Yeah, Visions is definitely interesting, and I, I was, I was very excited to see Star Wars anime and. I, I watched the trailer. I read the uh, the announcements and, and stuff like that. I can tell that I'm going to love a lot of it, but I can also tell that some of it is going to be way too anime for me in the best way, though. Like in the in a way to where it's it's going to it's going to alter that. I, I'm probably going to see some of this and be like, "There's no way this would ever exist in Star Wars," but. I'm going to go with the ride that they're giving me. Some right. of it is super weird and does not fit. Some uh, of it is going to be be hard to comprehend as Star Wars. But I'm about Samurai Jack Jedi. That's for sure. Like, and, well, and, and there's he, a plenty of that. Here's the thing. You know, like, I, I think about... Let's take Ahsoka, for example, right? Because we all know how important Ahsoka is to me. Mm-hmm. And I think the move to live action... To uh, yeah, oh, for sure. And uh, um, I think the move to live action for her is really important because we were riding that line where it was almost like, all right, she's becoming the entirety of animated Star Wars. Like, let's not do make overkill, right? And I think the fact that they've already announced that Ahsoka is going to be one season, it's like, okay, we're going to get this nice, crisp story. Whereas when I think about it, if it was going to go four or five seasons, I honestly don't know if I would be as comfortable with that because you get too much right Mm -hmm. and when i think about these movies uh these shorts they've they've jumped back and forth between what they're calling and i've heard shorts short films movies there's not a version of them that i can imagine where i'm not excited for them i'm excited for them equally if they're five minute little uh you know stories kind of like the deathly hollows in uh in harry potter where they do the little animated thing there and you just get this short little i love that fairy tale type story or if they're these longer format you know hour and a half movies i'm equally as excited for those and i think that that's a testament to both the the marketing of it uh the what they've presented of it and also you know not overkilling a product you know you were talking about kind of almost being a little burnt on boba fett because he's everywhere right now I think it like we didn't have anything for visions. I think it was very intentional. You know, I think they are like here's visions, anime, Star Wars. You podcasters go crazy thinking up all these ideas that it could possibly be because what we've got we're coming for, sure for getting you. High Republic. Oh, dude, like, but for sure we're getting a couple. I guarantee. I like. I guarantee we're getting like two. 
It could there, be. That's what they're going to want them to go if they want to play around with the Jedi and Sith. And what's more anime than Jedi and Sith? There's nothing more anime than Jedi and Sith. And the beautiful thing is these aren't canon stories. So they're not limited by, you know, the the capacity of canon. That's and good, finally. Yeah. I love know? canon, but I and I, I want things to be organized. Let me say that I love canon. I'll say it again. But Hey, how do you feel about canon? I love canon. Oh, okay. but cool. I wasn't it, sure. It is also like a chain that occasionally needs to be released. And that's why I've always said like if they came out with the old republic they should just let it be what it is and not be concerned about the list of Sith Lords they got put in the, the canon. They should just let it be its own Elseworld thing. And, you know, some of the Elseworld stuff is the best stuff. You look at Batman The Dark Knight Returns, the greatest, in my opinion, comic book to ever be created was an Elseworlds comic. All these legendary Batman arcs, a lot of them don't even fit the continuity, and people love it because... It allows the artist to play in the world without having to be a part of the rules that the world has already created. And that's why Visions is super exciting. Even more than just cool aesthetics of anime Jedi battling, the rules are off the table. And I, I like the rules should be made for the regular stuff. Like, I want Ahsoka to fit in with whatever has been created before it. I want Andor to fit in with what's ever been created for it. But... If you're going to go bonkers making anime Star Wars, go bonkers. Well, and here's the thing, right? Like, Star Wars is mythology. And we say that, and it's almost become cliche to say, like, Star Wars is mythology. It's modern mythology. It's the hero's journey. And it is. It's 100% is. But we have to remember what mythology is about. And if if you're as fascinated with this stuff as I am, and you have, you know... uh, what six times 45 minutes there's a series on netflix called myths and monsters that you absolutely have to watch and one of the things that really stuck out to me that was a trend through all the topics they were talking about is how mythology is shaped by the morality of the culture and the morality they're trying to present and also how it shapes that morality right so you look at the story of uh, romulus and remus from uh the the creation of rome right and the story of those two brothers and and how it shaped that society as rome changed as it moved from more republic to more dictatorships to you know back and forth like it did for the generations that you know the roman empire existed that story shifted to go with the message that they were trying to convey and uh, you know the the government for lack of a better term would put out this one version of the story and the culture would push back against it in a certain way and so then the story got adjusted like these things are fluid these like you look at let's take even something more you know that more people are probably going to be more connected with with the bible right religious aspects aside at the end of the day the bible is a book of stories it's a book of mythology right and it wasn't written down for generations it was all orally you know told and when it did get written down look at how many versions of the bible we have now right but when you look at the bible when you look at it again just as a story the story of jesus is the same the words he said might be different the exact steps he took might be different but the high points are there he flips the table he goes to the cross he res you know like these high points are all the same but we look at it as this is a story that's passed down generations and i'm not just taking this story 
to let's you know just hypothetically say like to to believe in in god and to show that i believe in god in a way you're also either accepting something from your parents you know that they passed down to you or you're pushing back against it and creating your own stories or you're pushing back against their stories and accepting this story over here right like it's a societal thing where these stories shape us in a really unique way but they can only do that because they're able to be told in so many different ways but the lessons stay the same so we get caught up in all of this canon stuff of are they on the right planet is this the right exact timeline stuff and it's like let's look at the bigger picture of these morals and messages that star wars is sending to us so i i think with all of that like rant said that we're going to get this vision stuff and there's going to be some stuff that hits that we're going to get legit canon versions of and it's not going to be the same it's going to be mulan live action versus mulan animated film you know where we've got these two different interpretations of the same story but these are going to be at the same time very very star wars and very very not which i think is really something that's super fascinating and especially looking at star wars through the lens of mythology and and i know I'm honestly a little hoping that it's short movies so that I can use them, you know, with students because I think that's how good they're going to be in terms of how just straight up Star Wars they are. Yeah, uh, you know, the I love, sorry, I had a huge blank. I've had a lot of caffeine this morning uh, and that's like my brain is working faster than my mouth. Um, I think it's Welcome really nice, life. right? I think it's nice with visions, in the, in the sense that, you know, like I love working out. I have these routines. I have a six week plan that I uh, stick to. I know Mondays are chest and back. You know, legs are Tuesday, and then shoulders, whatever Thursday, blah blah blah. But then when I switch up the routine and I just break away from the routine I have and I just do something else switch it up maybe add more reps than sets or different workouts like if you're gonna do bench then just try dips today and i have a lot of fun switching it up and it creates this excitement to try new things that i might like that i can throw into my regular routine but i can still love my routine and like switching it up and with visions we've i've been saying that star wars has been very safe ever since Disney came back. Like, I, I think it's been really, really safe. And we're starting to branch out with the High Republic, with the Acolyte being a show. That's a huge one for me, not just because it's, you know, kind of getting into darker material. It's a gamble. Visions is a gamble. It's something that is exciting, new, fun. And I get to try something new. And even if all of them don't stick, I'm glad that they're having it. And I'm going to say a little hot take. I'm not having fun with the Bad Batch because it is almost too safe. It is way too safe for me. It's, to me, the Clone Wars Part 2. And I'm not having fun. So I'm excited to try something wildly different that is giving people that are creatives to go crazy, which is something that we should all have. And it's going to make us, like, say when there's a movie uh, that is in visions and it's just too bonkers it's like way too anime it's a good story but it doesn't fit in the world guess what that makes you appreciate the world more if it's something that you really do like and it's different guess what you've now expanded what you like in star wars and why you liked 
this being a little bit different. So it's like either way, Visions is a good thing because whether you like it or not, it's going to make you appreciate what what you like about Star Wars a little bit more. And if you like it, be if you really like a particular movie because it's good, it's going to expand what you like. And expanding what you like is always a good thing. I 100% agree. And I think... I think when they bought Star Wars, you know, we had this, we're going to give all these different directors different things and let everybody do their thing. And they started that with the the sequel trilogy. And, you know, that ended up kind of messy. You know, like, no matter how much you love the sequel trilogy, you have to admit that it, it's a little clunky, especially at the ending. Hot where, take, I haven't watched any, any sequel trilogy stuff since I got done with my Rise of Skywalker binge. I... You know, because, like, I go to the theater and I watch it a bunch of times and I'm super psyched about it. And then stuff kind of settles in by the time the DVD comes out and you watch it. I have had zero interest to revisit the sequels since. I mean, I have a lot of interest in them individually, but not together. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, like, I, the other day I was just like, I just really want to watch Rise of Skywalker. And I realized, you know, I just wanted to go on a fun adventure romp today. You know, whereas, like, Last Jedi, I have to be able to sit and be in that mode of, like, right, let's really analyze this. You can't just, like, casually watch Last Jedi, right? But the, it, it's clunky because they didn't have an end in mind to start with. You compare that to Rebels, you know, where I don't think Filoni had, like, word for word what was going to happen at the end. But I think he had a generalized, whether they knew Thrawn was coming in or not, there's going to be this big bad that they can't get rid of, and Ezra's going to have to sacrifice himself in the same way that, spoiler alert, Kanan did. Um, sorry, guys, but it, at this point, if you haven't watched Rebels, you, you deserve <laughs> you deserve to, to get spoiled. Um, but, like, and look how beautiful that is and how... We still have, like, Rebels Remembered days. And there's people putting out podcast episodes analyzing Rebels, and it's been off the air for, like, four or five years. And we're still talking about it because it's such a nice, clean, crisp story, right? And over at Sky Talkers, they talk about being able to put it in a book and put it on the shelf. I'm looking at the, the box sets of the movies, uh, the special editions and the THX ones. I've got those sitting on my, my shelf right here. And I'm thinking, what you know champ? what? Oh, dude, I love these things. Love them. But I'm like, this little box set to me is is a visual representation of how clean and crisp the original trilogy goes together. And whether you have it in special edition format or you have it in the, like, if I take out Return of the Jedi, like, it's yes, it's its own thing, but it's not as complete as when you have it in there, right? And even when I have the DVDs that are not all together, it's like it doesn't feel as connected of a story because they're not combined in an in a uniform way and that doesn't mean it has to be safe it means you have to know what you're trying to convey that's what lucas always did really well george always knew the messages he was trying to convey and everything else be damned and i don't think with the sequels they knew exactly what that message was and i think and i've said this before the biggest mistake they made was not making the sequels it was making the sequels first they yeah. did the most challenging thing first right but they so, were on a timeline so i get it you know they were but could you imagine if our trip ups were rogue one and solo and they figured it out doing those two movies and then 
get into the sequel trilogy after that how much better the sequel trilogy would have been and this is from somebody who literally like 90 percent of the time i have ben solo as my my phone wallpaper like i love the sequels i really do as individual movies i it is now very hard for me to watch or want to watch anything but the last jedi because the last jedi again i love dense uh and it it feels almost now because while there are relations to the last jedi into the rise of skywalker like that's that's hard to deny it still feels like its own movie completely like mm-hmm. and the force awakens feels like it was completely building to a mystery box which is the danger of it because if if you that was the fun of it the why we talked about it for two years was the mystery box what what is the last jedi gonna be or is ben gonna go train with snoke on korriban because he said take him to me i will finish his training blah 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 you know what's gonna happen with ray and luke are they gonna have a training montage time's gonna pass what's gonna happen and when that mystery box was nothing but a bunch of uh, handed plot at the end of The Rise of Skywalker, that movie lost its appeal to me. Now, there's moments that are still amazing. Um, Han is so great in that. But the movies themselves, as far as... I, I think The Last Jedi is the one that I can still get almost into the entire movie because of what it is but i'm also thankful for the sequels now that they're over i'm actually grateful for them because they were a huge lesson for disney for Mm -hmm. lucasfilm for kathleen kennedy for everyone involved and i'm glad they didn't fire kathleen kennedy right after i don't think she's going to be sticking around for much longer but i definitely think that it was a good move to keep her in there because i think she's still one of the greatest producers of all time and i think it's going to She's going to be able to mentor the next person in line. I don't know who that is, but I'm very grateful for the sequels because they taught them a huge lesson and they clearly understood it based on what we've been getting with Ahsoka being connected to Mandalorian, being, you know, the High Republic being its own timeline where writers can go crazy and write whatever they want and have their own world that they built together and visions, this crazy, exciting, you know, Uh, new territory for Star Wars and then Andor your more rebel stuff and Obi-Wan and Lando for the more you know chaotic it's crazy it's it's you're getting it and and you know even going more micro into the sequels like when you look at Ray and Ben's story it's pretty clean and clear and crisp you may not like the ending of it you may not like the Raylo aspect of it but you can't deny that's a very crisp story Whereas it falls apart more with the Finn and Poe aspect of it, you know, or and even like Rose and then not Rose. Like there was no direction there. It was just like, here, fill these archetypes and we'll figure it out as we go. And like, I, as, as much as I love John Boyega, as much as I love the representation and all of the great aspects that came with having Poe Dameron and having Finn in there, the, the parts that they have in Rise of Skywalker are almost unwatchable to me because they didn't have a direction for the story. And I think now what they're doing with these Kenobis, with these Ahsokas, with these, I think Lando will probably be like this too. Here's one season. Here you go. This is all you're getting. And I think that there's power in wanting more. 
part of the reason I love to go back and watch Rogue One over and over again is because I want more Chirrut Mway content so badly. I want more Guardians of the Wills content so badly that I'm going back and trying to grab any nugget of information that I can from them in the movies. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I, I want it so bad, but also the mystery of it is what makes you want it. Once that mystery is answered, you, you said it with Rise of Skywalker. The mystery box, the answers, you didn't really like a lot of them. But that was, but no, here's the thing. I actually did. I liked a lot of them. And I in everything that I was theorizing, uh, a lot of it came true. I mean, I wanted Rey to be a Palpatine for four years. I wanted her to rock a yellow lightsaber because Bastila Shan from the Old Republic did. And it was so cool that I bought a Saber Forge yellow lightsaber that's how much i love yellow lightsabers and the aesthetic of a jedi with it um i wanted palpatine re to return i w i was right about that like once i knew that it was not going to be plagueis then i wanted palpatine to return it is the coolest star wars movie without plot given to support it i will say that it is the coolest star wars movie without the plot to support it so i like what they gave us just not how they gave it to us because it was just handed there when it comes to these future stories the most important thing is tell a cohesive story that makes sense for the writer but tell your story if your story is andor and it fits a little bit more with the traditional star wars show us why i don't care what the answer is personally i'm always now along for the ride when it comes to star wars i want to enjoy it theories are fun but i don't take them as deep as i used to and i never was the fan that said oh this has to happen but i'm more along for the ride just lucasfilm is now allowing people to actually make a ride worth riding well and I think testament to that and testament to kind of being open about, you know, two new things is the the way that your position on Kathleen Kennedy has changed. Because it, people who didn't listen to Sith Talk uh, in its previous iteration on Adapter, you were you weren't like the the terrible cut off her head, you know, come for her head kind of of anti Kathleen no. Kennedy. But you were you were saying it was time for her to head out, and then now you're changing your tune to, you know same thing she's gonna leave but in a very different way of like she's she's figured it out she's corrected her mistakes and now i'm gonna be on board for her i mean i'm, I'm saying the next person is gonna be feloni uh you know shaping feloni you know in those final aspects of being a producer and stuff that george uh wasn't as interested in you know and i think that that is a testament to to you one so i i wanted to acknowledge that but also to what they've done with star wars and the willingness of these star wars creators to confront the things that they aren't doing well and to have to bite these really difficult bullets like kathleen kennedy could have very easily let uh you know solo become the dumpster fire that it was apparently becoming and put it out and go it was the director's fault but she didn't like she took the bullet of i'm firing these directors because this is on me and i'm learning from this and i'm going to you know and so i think that there there's a lot to be said for that ability to to change and to grow and to adapt and and i think with the way media is changing so rapidly today you know like the way that they're going to be able to tell stories and have to tell stories are changing on the daily 
you know like the volume comes in completely changes how they have to tell stories right then covid hits and that completely tells changes how they can tell stories you know um like you probably haven't watched this because you're not like a sappy romance guy like i am but uh there's a show called virgin river on netflix and this third season came out and one of the characters just miraculously happens to be in another uh city and can't get out because of a hurricane and so all of her scenes are via zoom and skype and stuff you know like facetime right and it's like okay they got hit by covid for some reason that actress couldn't be there whether she had covid or she was you know high risk whatever it may be but they found a way to tell that story and the only reason i would even know that it was it happened because that's just because i happened to know the timeline of when they filmed because i'm that guy but if you just watched it with no context it would make as much sense right and that's what's happening now is you're there's all these new challenges to how you're telling stories and also all these new possibilities for how you're telling stories so i don't think there's going to be a sit on your laurels kind of thing like they had going for for a little while where it's like okay now we've fallen into this rut you know people are getting are they being too safe you know and now we're getting these different versions where it's it's not too safe but it's also very clearly star wars well and what's changed in me you know is also sparks back from our conversation we had the last one or two times that we've been on together is failure mm-hmm. and learning from your failures and the power of that there are people in my life that are not learning from their failure and to them you know i i have no interest in in continuing and moving forward because they're not learning they know what's in front of them but they're just spearheading you know it you can't blunt hammer your way through an issue. That's not how it works, especially in Hollywood. But she's learning from her failure. Now we're going to find out because we still haven't heard shit about Taika Waititi's Star Wars film since it's been announced. And Kathleen Kennedy still makes me a little bit nervous when it comes to vetting her directors and getting them to actually stay with their films. That's something that she still scares me on. But everything else we wanted an organized universe of jedi we got it and it's completely on its own and it's thriving and it's doing well and subvert you know it's not what we thought it would be and that's great we have this organized universe uh that's seeming to play out with disney plus we have rich storytelling with obi-wan kenobi coming out being its own thing we have two mystery boxes in the Acolyte and Visions. There's a lot of room to go around in Star Wars, and it's it's an exciting time, but she's learned from the failure, so that's where we change my mentality. Also, she's smart, and she's writing a hit. I mean, she gave Dave Filoni and Jon Favreau free reign on three shows. Whether or not Ranger of the Republic got canceled due to, you know, whatever you want to personally listening make of Gina Carano's situation, I'm not voicing. I'm not here for that. Um, but that was a chaotic um, algorithm that nobody could really see coming. So that's not her fault on the cancelization of that. But they gave him three shows, four shows with Dave Filoni and Bad Batch. And she's riding this wave. Well, and here's here's the thing. And this is kind of like my closing like thoughts on the whole Kathleen Kennedy and, and power structure at Lucasfilm. I go back to... Uh, Bobby Bowden, uh, Florida State football coach, greatest college football coach of all time. Nick Saban can suck it. Um, 
he I re, in one of his books he wrote I coach the coaches and the coaches coach the players and that was just like mind-blowing to me of I'm hiring these people to do a job my job is to make sure that they're ready to do that job so that they can get the, the product of the football players ready to perform when the game happens right same thing that's happening here with Kathleen Kennedy Kathleen Kennedy I think was trying to do everything and then she realized okay it's not even how George did it, you know? Like, George, you know, gave it to Irvin Kirshner, and he had his things, and he had his stuff that needed to happen, but he let Kirshner tell his story, you know? And I think that's happening here, where she's going, okay, here are these authors that have hit, let's give them this big project over here. Here's these two creators that have hit, let's give them these projects over here, right? Here's Taika Waititi, who's crushing it everywhere, he gets his own movie, right Bryce Dallas Howard is an up-and-coming director who you know is could easily get a movie here pretty soon I'm a huge fan like she is now coaching Favreau's and Filoni's and letting Favreau's and Filoni's coach Howard's and Watiti's and then we're getting the football players in the form of these movies and these shows these end products and in the very same way that Bobby Bowden won national championships and like bowl game after bowl game after bowl game and winning season after winning season it works it's a system that works in any format that you put it in and that's what she's been doing really well lately and i just think that that's the best way for star wars to continue to go forward i think if favreau or filoni whoever takes over after she's gone i think is going to take that and roll with it and be even better at it you know and continue on and on like that yeah i i agree um it, it's very exciting and COVID kind of delayed some of these things happening as quick, you know, cause now we're kind of like, we were getting a lot of star Wars and now we're at a little bit of a dry spell. I mean, we have bad batch, but we're at a little bit of a dry spell until we wait till the fall for, um, the book of Boba Fett, which I'm not going to start another conversation thread cause it's time to wrap up the episode, <laughs> but the book of Boba Fett is still, how they kept that a secret is still fucking mind-blowing, dude. They were just yeah. like, by the way, bitch, there's a new show coming out called The Book of Boba Fett, and it's going to be a little mini series. And guess what? Nobody fucking found out. That's insane. That's so insane. As a concept, even the show's title didn't come out and wasn't leaking out until, like, the last two episodes of Mandalorian. The Super only reason insane. we even knew there was Boba Fett stuff coming out is because there'd been so much talk about, uh, you know, a B- bounty hunters movie and what was it, with Josh yep. Trank and everything like that. Yeah, like, yeah, it's insane. So it, it's, it's it's a reminder cool. that everything that gets out, they want to get out. Yep. Leaks so, are not a real thing. I think definitely next time. I mean, guys, there's always a bunch of Star Wars to talk about. Full disclosure: me and Brandon and Sam the last couple times have just picked up topics and just went for it because I think that's the fun of podcasting. I don't like to have a long list of things to do. I like to have an idea of where I want to kind of start the the seeds and kind of let the tree grow when it comes to these episodes. So if you're enjoying these type of episodes, let us know. Definitely follow the Clashing Sabres Facebook group. Give us a follow on Instagram. Um, you can find me at Sith Talker 25 talking all things Star Wars. Uh, I'm going to get back to comic books because it's been a minute. Um, 
and working out and smoking meats. That's what I do, Brandon. Where can they find you? Well, if you like a little bit more of structure, I, I say a little bit more. I'm being very gracious there. Uh, to your podcast, you can always go over uh, and just subscribe to the network, and you get uh, Forever Star Wars, Starships, and then uh, Clashing Sabers, where we do uh, like looks at characters, themes. Uh, the most recent one we did was a debate over uh, who, which organization is the evilest, which is actually a word. I'm obsessed with it now because you wouldn't think. But uh, so we're all there. All the links are in the group, and like I kind of dropped earlier we are getting to like that middle of the year uh at the end of the year holiday time we start to have a fundraiser every year and we've got some cool stuff in the works for you there so you can subscribe to all our stuff and we'll make those announcements and if you want to get involved before then you can go over to our patreon and help out getting books into classrooms i'm actually really excited zach because we are sending books here uh in the next week or so to a music teacher uh, which is a this, that's a first for us. Yeah, we've done a lot of different kinds of we've done special ed, we've done inclusion classrooms, we've done rural, urban, like high income, low income. We've done everything except for now we've got like a music classroom. And so we were going back and forth. I was talking with the teacher uh, to work on what books were actually usable for her in the classroom and stuff like that. So these are your people. These are your friends that are getting nominated for this stuff. So make sure you go over to Patreon and help out with that mission. All right, guys, that'll do it for this episode of Sith Talk. Until then, may the Force be with you. Always. Hey, looks like you're done talking Sith. Who? Oh, Scion, the bartender. Yeah, he's gone down a couple levels. You're gonna venture down there? Well, there's a few things you should know before you go. Sith Talk, all the Clashing Sabers Network, they ain't associated with Disney, Lucasfilm, or any of their subsidiaries. All these licensed sounds and whatnot all belong to whoever the hell they belong to. We just use them here for entertainment and educational purposes. Look, if you're unsure about something or have questions about what's what, email us at clashingsabersnetwork at gmail.com. And hey, on your way out, make sure you leave us a rating and review. Word of mouth is how people find out about this place. Now, get out of the way, I got paying customers to get you. Jedi business, go back to your drinks.